Mark chapter 1. I'm going to be uh, reading, I think, a fairly familiar passage, perhaps. Uh, several, actually. We're going to start reading in Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. We read this, And there came a leper to him, that is, to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. Saith unto him, See, that, uh, see thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now hold your place here, if you will, and turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to read the parallel passage in Matthew's Gospel. It's the same, same events. We'll just read Matthew's words, Matthew chapter 8. We'll start reading in verse 1. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now you're still holding your place in Mark chapter 1. Turn over to Luke chapter 5. We're going to read what Luke had to say about this very same uh, sequence of events. Luke chapter 5 verse 12. We read, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, that is Jesus, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go, and show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. Let's pray once more. Father, thank you for allowing us again to be here to look into your word. We've seen three passages in the gospel accounts of one series of events. And as we look at these events today, Father, we pray that you might instruct us from it. Teach us what we need to see here. And I pray that as we leave, Lord, we will, uh, we will praise you for, for what we've learned here today. We just ask for the Holy Spirit to move among us, guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now this passage, is, or these passages of Scripture, this, this, uh, this story, this series of events, I guess, uh, it's often used to uh, describe deliverance from sin. Leprosy was a very good uh, example of sin, and there's, so there's some really good reasons for that. Uh, in these, the times that this was written, leprosy was seen to affect the whole person. You would never see someone who, uh, or let, let me put it this way, we might have someone who, who gets a rash, and it's a rash on their hand. And they might say, well, John's got a rash on his hand. But so if John in these days had had leprosy on his hand, they wouldn't have said, this is John who has a patch of leprosy on his hand. They would say, this is John the leper. Because it was believed that leprosy infected your entire body. It was in your blood. And you, were, you weren't just someone who had this condition. You were a leper. 
And that sounds a lot like uh, people who have never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, doesn't it? We, we were all born with a sin nature. It infected us. It was all over, over us. We weren't known as, I wasn't known as Clint who sins every now and then. In God's eyes, I was Clint the sinner because that sin so pervaded my, myself. It was who I was. And so when Jesus delivered me from sin, it was as though He healed this leper the same. He cleansed it. That leprosy was completely gone. But in this day, that the leprosy was seen to affect the whole person. It was an ugly disease. It, it was a, a disease that, uh, or a condition that disfigured people. It was loathsome. It was a very dangerous condition because as the body t- tissues would deteriorate, it, it opened someone up to incredible amounts of infection, especially in a day when they didn't have antiseptic soap. To, to wash off with and that sort of thing. And so it was very dangerous. It was uh, actually it was, it could, been, could have been seen in that day as a living death. The person was just walking around and that was just going to continue to get worse. Because in these days and times there was no treatment for leprosy. There was certainly no cure for it. And so once someone had it, they had it. And that's the condition that this person was in when he came to Jesus. And so we can see he had a condition that he had no way to fix. He had a condition no one else had any way to fix. It was going to continue to get worse, not better. And so we can see why people use that as a great illustration of sin in the lives of people. Because when when we're born sinners, we can't get rid of that ourselves. The only way to get rid of it is when Jesus saved us. When He uh, forgives our sin, that's the only thing that takes it away. And so it is a really good illustration of that. But today, I want us to take a little different look at the passage and we're going to be looking at what I see here as a two-part test for this person who had the leper. And I think we can learn some things uh, from his testing. And we'll get to that in just a minute. First, we'll, we'll, again, we examine the problem that this man had when he came to Jesus. He, it was a very serious problem. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40, again, it tells us there, was a, there came a leper to him. Uh, Matthew's, or Luke's rather, in Luke 5.12, he's referred to as a man full of leprosy. Again, as I said, people looked at someone who had leprosy as being full of it. It was it invaded him. There was nothing he could do about it. He couldn't cure it. And there wasn't anybody else that he knew of, anyone else he was going to meet other than the Lord Jesus who could cure it. And so in, in large respect, this man's been living his life helpless, uh, having to suffer with this. And we know if you're familiar with the Old Testament law, the people who had leprosy were told you have to live away from everyone else. You can't, you can't seg- uh, segregate, you can't integrate, you can't be integrated with other people. You have to be segregated from them. And you have to cover yourself. And when, if you do come anywhere near someone who is, does not have leprosy, you have to declare yourself as unclean. And I can assure you that in that day, if a leper came in, in contact with other people, they would make sure that everyone understood that person was unclean and they would shun them. And so that's what he's been living with. They weren't allowed to go to the temple and worship and, and engage in that public worship. They were, they were very much separated. That's the condition this man is in. It's a serious problem, isn't it? Again, it's no wonder that leprosy is compared to sin when we think of it in that term. But this man found a solution that day, didn't he? Matthew uh, chapter 8 indicates to us that the timing for this was shortly after Jesus came down off the mount, giving what we know of as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 8. 
And we know that's a very uh, famous portion of Scripture. Uh, Matthew 8 verses uh, 1 and 2 tell us, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him because they had heard the Sermon on the Mount. And they wanted to be near Jesus. They wanted to hear more of that teaching. And so they followed him. And then we're told, and behold, there came a leper. This leper said, I want to I hear that too. I want to hear more. And so I think uh, we, can, we can assume at this point that he had apparently at least heard of Jesus. No doubt he had heard that he was a great teacher. He had words that no one else had. You know, other people describe Jesus as one who spoke with authority, not like the, the other religious leaders. He spoke with authority. This was a man, they said, he speaks like no man's ever spoken before. He's got the words of life. And so he's heard of Jesus. He's heard he's a great teacher. He's very likely by this time heard that Jesus was a healer, that he had some kind of power that no one else had. This is a man who needs healing more than, than most, and so he wants to get near him. He's probably heard that Jesus is somewhat of a miracle worker at this point, and he wants to get close to him. Wouldn't we have? We may. I think we can possibly assume also that since he was in the proximity that he may have heard part of the Sermon on the Mount. He may have heard all of it standing off at a distance. If you want to turn back to Matthew chapter 7, hold your place in Mark 1. We'll be back here. I want to read you some of what Jesus had to say as a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And as I read this, think about this. If you were a leper and you'd heard these words, how excited this could make you. Matthew 7, uh, verse 7 reads like this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? If this leper had been standing on the outskirts and listening to Jesus, and he, re- he heard those words, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Do you think that made his heart jump a little bit? Wait. I've heard this man heals. I've heard this man shows compassion. Maybe if I can get to him, he can do something about this leprosy that I've been living with all this time. And so there's a solution there. He had reason to believe that Jesus could and would solve his problem. That's good news, isn't it, for anyone? That's good news for anyone who, if we, if we continue down the, the, the line of looking at leprosy, as a, an illustration of sin, anyone who is a sinner has every reason to believe that if they come to Jesus Christ, He can deliver them from that sin as well. Because Scripture says if we put our faith in Him, He will save us and we will be born again into the family of God. And it's that simple. It really is. It was simple enough for that leper, and we're going to see this as we go forth, just to say, Lord, if You will, You can make me clean. I know You can. And Jesus said, I will. Be clean. Very simple transaction, isn't it? If a sinner comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and says, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe you can make me clean. I believe you can cleanse that sin if you will. He says, I will be clean if you'll put your faith in me. And only in me, nothing else. And that's a beautiful illustration, isn't it? So we've seen this guy. He's got a problem. He's had a solution. Now he comes to what I'm going to call the first test. It's a test of faith. Now I want you, if you can, I know it's, it's hard to imagine this, but try to put yourself in the place of this leper at this point. This is an awful condition. He is not allowed to have any contact with healthy people, people that aren't lepers. He can, he can congregate with other lepers, 
But people who don't have leprosy, he's supposed to stay away from them. He can't get a job and work along with other people. He can't have a family. He can't do any of the things that, that we might consider that normal, healthy people can do. He's got to be away from them. This is a serious problem. He's condemned to live, as it were, on the outside of society. All right? So if you can put yourself in that position, try to imagine the kind of questions that would be going through his mind at this point. I can imagine something like this. Jesus could cleanse me, couldn't he? And then as he thinks about what he's maybe heard there on the Sermon on the Mount, of course he could. He could cleanse me. He could, he could cure this leprosy if he wanted to. The next question, but would he want to? He doesn't know me. I don't know him. I don't have any claim on him. Would he want to heal me? Would that be his will? Can't we all identify with that? We may not be able to fully identify with leprosy, but have you ever had anything in your life and you won't thought, the Lord could fix that, couldn't he? And then it begins to realize, yes, he could fix that. He could take care of that problem for me, but would he want to? It's a test of faith. Are we going to take it to him? when that happens or not. Well, this leper said, you know what? I'm not supposed to be around healthy people, but I believe this man can help me, so I'm going to go see him. I'm going to get as close as I can to him. So he acted, we see that he acted in faith. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40 tells us he came to Jesus. Again, remember, he's not supposed to do that. He's not supposed to be anywhere near healthy people. In verse 40 of Mark 1, we also read he, he besought him for help. He begged Jesus, could you help me? I know that you could. I believe that if it's your will, you can heal me. And we're told in verse 40 he, that he knelt before him. Kneeling is a posture of worship. It's a posture of recognizing you're greater than I am. I've got this leprosy. You have the ability to heal. I'm going to kneel before you. And Matthew's account in verse 8, or chapter 8 and verse 2, we actually read, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, you are the Lord, and I'm not. You are the one who can give me healing from this leprosy, and I can't. Again, that is an illustration of a sinner coming to Jesus. I can't save myself, but you sure can. And I'm going to kneel before you because you are the one who can do that. And so he comes to him. And in verse 40 again, we see, or he says, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. You remember as we read all three of these accounts, the words are exactly the same. All three Gospel writers recorded the words, If thou wilt, thou couldst make me clean. He's humbling himself before Jesus. And by faith, he asked him for something that he didn't really have any right to expect. He had no claim on Jesus. He had no, he couldn't come to him and say, Well, you remember, you remember the other day I did this for you, so you owe me. He, Jesus didn't owe him anything. He couldn't come to see Jesus before that. He wasn't supposed to be there that day. When a sinner comes to Jesus for saving faith, he doesn't owe us anything, does he? He simply says, if you will come, if you will trust me, I will save you from your sin. I will do that for you. And all you've got to do is trust me. And so he had no actual claim on Jesus for this cleansing. He simply appealed to his compassion. And he trusted in his willingness to, do, to, to be willing to heal him. He trusted in Jesus' compassion just because of what he had heard about Jesus in the days past. Isn't that a good picture? He did this in faith. So the leper acted in faith, but the Son of God acted in grace. Verse 41 tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. 
I submit to you who was probably the only person in that crowd. There was always a crowd around Jesus. I'm sure there were other people there when he came to him. I've got a feeling he was the only person around that would show compassion to a leper in that, on that day or any other day because people were deathly afraid of leprosy. I can imagine everybody else around keeping their distance. I can even imagine, after having read much of what we read about Jesus' apostles and the others who followed him, that they were probably like, you talk to him and we'll just be over here. We're here, we're not, but we're not going to get too close, right? We kind of would do the same thing. And for good reason. Everyone else I can imagine would be complaining, why's he here? Why's that leper here? Who let him in the building? Or who, who let him out of the leper colony over there? I can imagine them rejecting because he had leprosy. Don't we do that with people who are, are sinners as well? They need the love of Jesus Christ and it's so often that they get rejected. Well, not reject them. We ought to accept them because they need what we have to, to offer them. We have the words of life that people can be saved. But I'm, I'm sure these people were rejecting. I'm sure there were probably people there that were even threatening this guy. You know you're not supposed to be here. Get away. If we have to, we'll stone you. But you're not going to be in this presence. But not Jesus. He showed compassion. He said, you need something. And you've shown me faith. And you're right. If I will, I can make you clean. And then he simply said, I will be clean. And what did, what do we read? He said that it, it was immediate, wasn't it? Verse 41, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will, be thou clean. I think that is, that is just the, the way that is written. It is so beautiful. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you want to, you can heal me of this leprosy. And Jesus simply says, I want to be healed. And it happened just like that. That is the way that Jesus saves, isn't it? If a sinner comes to him and says, Lord, if you will, you can forgive me of sin. Jesus says, I will be forgiven. It's done. It's a done deal. Your account is now clean. Your sin has been washed away. And you have been declared as righteous and holy as I am. That's what Jesus tells us. Isn't that beautiful? Well, that's what happened here. The leper acted in faith. The Son of God acted in grace. And what was the result? Verse 42 tells us, As soon as he had spoken... Immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. As I've said on many of the miracles, as we look at them in the Gospels, it was an event. It wasn't a process. Jesus didn't say, you see this little capsule right here? If you, I want you to, I'm going to give you a bottle of them. I want you to take one a day and come back and see me in a week and we'll see if that leprosy got any better. He didn't say that at all. He said, immediately he was healed. It wasn't a process. It was instantaneous and it was complete. Because our Lord's work is perfect. And that leper got to see that firsthand that day, didn't he? He experienced it. He passed the test. This was a test of faith. Jesus had said, ask, seek, and knock. And this man heard that apparently, and he came, and he asked, he sought, he knocked. And Jesus, as it were, opened that door and said, okay, I'm going to heal you. He came to Christ in faith, and he passed the test. Now there's a second test that uh, we need to look at as well. This was the test of obedience. Again, I want you to put yourself, if you can, in the leper's place. At this point, he's been cleansed from his leprosy. He's not a leper anymore. You could call him John the former leper, but you can't call him John the leper anymore. He's, He's been healed. 
Uh, this awful condition is gone. His contamination is gone. It's no longer necessary that he, he remains separated from other people. He can, he can, he's healthy at this point. So, imagine again the questions that might be going through his mind. Different set of questions than before. Questions like, well, what can I do now? Can, uh, can I mingle? Can I get a job? Now, in, in our society, people aren't walking around, can I get a job? We got more people walking around, can I get a government grant so I don't have to work anymore? But this guy, you can imagine, can I, can I actually be around other people? Can I hold down a full-time job? Can I get a girlfriend? Could I have a normal life now that I'm, I've cleansed? Imagine this question. Can, is it true I can actually go to the temple and worship now? Yeah, there's a lot of people that, that will never darken the door of a church. There are other people who will be in church every time they can't possibly be. And when they're sick, they're just laying there thinking, when am I going to get good enough that I can go back and see my friends at church? When I can go back and sing God's praises with my church family? I can imagine this man. He's been separated from people all this time. I can imagine him saying, can I actually go to the temple and worship now? I can imagine the question, is this nightmare really over? Am I just dreaming? Let me pinch myself. Where there used to be leprosy, it looks like clean skin. I'm going to pinch it and see if it hurts. He's trying to, to figure out now because suddenly he's faced with endless possibilities that didn't exist for him before because he was that outcast. Jesus gave him some instructions that, that bring about the test. Verse 43, he straightly charged him. That has the idea, that, that, that idea of straightly charging him. It's the idea of a very stern warning on the verge of a command. He told him. See what he told, tells him in verse 44. See thou say nothing to any man. And he goes on, he said, But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Do you remember the Old Testament? Um, <clears throat> laws concerning leprosy. If you suspected that you had leprosy, you'd go to see the priest, and the priest would examine you. And if he saw signs of it, he would say, Okay, I need you to go and be away from other people for a while for a few days and it prescribed the number of days and then come back and see me and he would look again and if it if it was just a, a simple rash in that period of time it would have probably started getting better or at least not getting worse but if it looked like it was getting worse and it was getting deeper in the skin the priest would say okay this is leprosy you can't be around other people if by some token that began to go away and get better he was supposed to go to the priest and carry offerings that the law prescribed and the priest would examine him again and say, hmm, looks like it might be getting better. Go away for a few days and come back and let's check again. And he would come back if it was continuing to get better. Then the priest could declare him, you've been cleansed of your leprosy. And you could go your way. This is what Jesus is telling him to do. Go see the priest and let him verify officially that your leprosy is gone. I'm sure the guy could look at him and say, clearly it's gone. It's not there anymore because leprosy is a very visible thing. Jesus said, I want you to don't tell anybody what's happened. Don't stop anywhere. Just go to the priest. It's a test of obedience. He's already worshipped the Lord by faith in uh, verse 40. He's witnessed this amazing healing power that Jesus has. So he knows this is not just a regular man. He's, he's by this time, I'm sure, convinced this is the power of the Son of God. Now it's time to see not only will he gonna, is he going to have faith in the Son of God, is he going to obey what he had to say? And what we read, unfortunately, in verse 45 is that he disregarded 
Jesus' instructions. Mark 1, 45. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. This is somebody, uh, clearly, uh, he went out and apparently told everybody he could find. Maybe he stopped off at the local five and dime store or those local gas station where the old guys were sitting around playing checkers. I don't know. He told everybody, it seems. Did he pass that test of obedience? Not even close, did he? He failed so miserably. Have you ever failed the test miserably? Have you ever failed the test of something the Lord told you to do? And we failed it miserably. Come on, yeah, we could all raise our hands, couldn't we? We could. He failed. A person who had been so richly blessed by the Lord, so uh, dealt with with such compassion and such grace, he failed this test miserably. And here's, it went something like this. The test, test number one, the test of faith. It went, so the conversation went like this. The leper says, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will be clean. He passed that test. The second test, the test of obedience, the conversation went something like this. Jesus said, if you will, you can obey me. And the leper said something like this, I got a better idea. I don't think I want to obey you strictly. I want to go tell some people first. I'll go, I'm on my way to see the priest, but I got to tell these folks what just happened to me. Jesus said, go see the priest first. We have to be careful. Because after all, does that sound familiar at all in our lives? Even as Christians, when the Lord, we read something in the Word of God and it says, do this. And we know that Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And yet we read it and somehow we get sidetracked and we don't do exactly what He said do. We fail the test of obedience sometimes, don't we? Far more often than we would like. This is a, uh, this is a wonderful story as we read this of grace, isn't it? A, a story of, of mercy. Jesus showing compassion on someone and doing something for that person that no one else could do. And we know that is an illustration of how Jesus saves from sin. It's a beautiful story when He saves someone from their sin, isn't it? It's a story of grace because we never deserved to be delivered from our sin. We deserved whatever punishment God wanted to give us. Because sin is that egregious. And yet He shows compassion on us. And yet the story of this man with a leper, it ended in disobedience. And if we're not careful, our stories can end in disobedience too. We face the same kind of test. We receive the Lord's richest blessings sometimes, don't we? There's no, no, no blessing at all that's greater than a deliverance from sin, is there? That's, that's the greatest thing that the Lord could ever do. And Jesus does that for us not because we deserve it, but because He loves us enough to do that. that. That leper hadn't done anything to deserve a cleansing from sin. He simply came to Jesus and relied on His compassion, on His grace. And He did it. It was a beautiful story. But when Jesus did that, He had every right to expect obedience from that, that man, didn't He? When He saves us, He has every right to expect obedience from us because He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Even if what He wants us to do doesn't line up with what we, we had planned for that period of time, we still must obey Him, shouldn't we? We have that responsibility. And too often we fail. And, and what I want us to see here is that disobedience has consequences. Look at verse 45 again of Mark chapter 1. 
We see, but he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. This man's disobedience created quite a stir. He's telling everybody around that Jesus has healed him from leprosy. And I'm sure he had the clothing that the leper would normally wear. He still had it on. The rags that would cover him and all of this. He, he cleaned me from, he cured my leprosy. Look, my skin is like a baby's skin. It's clear. The leprosy's completely gone. It created a stir. I'm, I'm sure that uh, there's no doubt people wanted to come see Jesus now just for the wow factor. This leper came to him because he had heard his teachings. He had heard about him. He had heard that he could do something for it. But when people heard that a miracle had taken place, they wanted to go see the miracle worker. They didn't necessarily want to go because of his teaching. We're told here that uh, Jesus had to move his ministry into, as it says uh, in verse 45, he was without in desert places. That means out of the way places. He had been ministering in the, in the town where the people were, where they could get to him quickly, where they could hear what he had to, to teach them. They could hear the preaching of the good news of the kingdom of God. After this, so many people crowded to see the miracles, he had to move out of the city. He had to move out in out-of-the-way places. The question is, how many people may have missed out on a blessing because they couldn't get to him out there in the out-of-the-way places? They didn't know where he was. They were in the city where he was ministering. This man's disobedience impacted the ministry of the Lord. You can imagine how this applies to us. When we disobey the Lord, what does it do? How does it impact other people as Christians if we don't obey what He tells us to do? We can have a negative influence on the ministry when we do that. So we've got to be very careful. Uh, the leper, just like that leper, we can go to the Lord with requests. Remember the leper went and he didn't know what Jesus' will would be. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. I believe that. We can go to the Lord with questions with issues with problems we have not knowing what what his will is for that particular thing we may go to him with with a sickness or some other problem and we have to say lord if you will you can take care of this right now i know you can but i don't know what your will is and he may say i'm going to take care of it immediately just like removing the leprosy he may say i'll take care of it but it's going to be a while and he may say, it, it's best for you if you go through this instead of me taking it away. We don't know what his will is, but just like that leper, we can always take our issues to him. We can always take our prayers to him. But unlike the leper, once he demonstrates what his will is, we, we need to obey that, don't we? If he says, go do this, then we need to go do this, not that. If he, goes, if he says go to the right, we need to go to the right, not the left, or down the center, or anywhere else, right? Because we can have an adverse impact on other people if we disobey the Lord. The goal, we're talking about two tests, a test of faith and a test of obedience. In our lives, the goal is that we pass both of them, right? Did you ever go to uh, school when you were younger and um, have a goal that, well, I, I want to pass 50% of the tests? And then I'll be doing good. I never had that goal. I, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I had this goal that was set. I didn't have to set this goal. My parents set this goal. Boy, you better do good in school. Things that people are sacrificing for you to be able to have the notebook paper to write on and the pencils and all of that stuff. You do your best. And so I never went in saying, you know, 
think I'll get, I think I'll do, a, get a 50 grade on, the, on everything I take, and I'll be doing good. I'll pass one test out of two every time. I saw people, y'all maybe have seen this too, in the old country schools, if you fail the spelling test, you got a, you had a date in the teacher's lounge with a paddle. I never fully understood that. I mean, I guess it's an incentive. You get a spanking if you don't get if you don't learn all your spelling words. But I I always wanted to do a little better than fifty, and I'm sure that leper did too. Something got into him, and he he didn't pass that second test. But we do. We want to pass them both, don't we? And and essentially, the tests are faith and obedience. We can look at it this way. We studied this on uh, Wednesday nights a few weeks ago. Things that God has put together, and we don't have a right to to take them apart. Faith and obedience is one of those. And we might call it salvation and submission. The Lord saves us, and after that we submit to Him. And God has put those things together. We don't have a right to to separate them. So I hope uh, just looking at this this, uh, series of passages this morning, I hope it reminds us again, um, certainly we need to have faith in the Lord. And if you're here this morning and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you've passed that test. The next test is obedience. Are we going to obey Him or not? If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, the first test is the one of faith. Will you put your faith in Him? Will you trust Him? Because He says, if you come to me, I will in no wise cast you out. Uh, the, The leper may not have known that. That particular truth that Jesus said, if you come to me in faith, I won't. I won't turn you away. And so He says, "Come to me if you've if you've never trusted me for as your Savior. I will. I'll save you right here today. And then the next test will come, that of obedience. And it's a whole. It's a whole lot easier to obey after trusting Christ. Let's pray, Father. Thank you for this passage of Scripture. We thank you that it's been preserved for us down through the ages. Many have read this passage. Many have." Uh, received a blessing from it. Many have have realized that we can come to You. We can rely on Your compassion. Those who have never trusted Jesus Christ can come to You and they can uh, yield themselves. They can submit themselves to You and they can be forgiven. They can be cleansed of their sin and that can happen immediately. And we thank You for that truth. And we pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today who's not done that, that they would come to know Christ today before it's everlastingly too late. But those who here who have trusted Christ, Lord, we have a second test after that of faith, and that's of obedience. And we pray that you might make us obedient people. We pray, Lord, that as we read your word, that you would show us what you expect of us, and that we would uh, demonstrate that willingness that we will follow you. We will do as you've instructed us, as you've commanded us to do, in demonstration of our love towards you. Now, Father, as we sing another song, we pray that you be honored by it. And as we go our separate ways, prepare to. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us. Move in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.